0: You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Ask Drone You, If you're watching this show and not listening, you're probably noticing that we've got a very special guest here. As many of you know, OnGood is one of my very dearest friends in this industry. But most of you know him uh, from Pix4D, from teaching photogrammetry as the canadians would say (laughs) Uh, uh, now that said you are now at brink drones which is why we've got on good here on the show today and it's one very simple reason we've been talking a lot about american manufacturers but how many of these american drones that you've been seeing online how many have you seen in the field Uh, i don't know about you but i haven't seen very many of them In fact, I would argue that there are really only a few American manufacturers that are actually producing the drones that they sell, and one of them, well, is
1: here today. On Good Welcome, my friend, how are you doing? You can see that I'm smiling ear to ear because I'm ecstatic to be back on the Astro New podcast, and I'm pumped to be back with my buddy Paul, of course, with a different colored t-shirt than last time, but you know, it doesn't matter. Same guy, different company, bigger dreams. Well, you know, Angid, let's be
0: real. A lot of people believe in you because you are someone who speaks from experience. You don't overpromise uh, and under-deliver. You follow through, which is, you know, one of the main reasons I believe in you and this drone. But for people who don't know this drone, help us understand who is this drone for,
1: what is its use,
0: and uh, why do you love it so much?
1: Well, Paul, this is the lemur. It's made by a company called Brink, which is on my t-shirt that I'm wearing here today. And to clarify, that is not the Disney movie, okay. It is not the Disney movie. It was one of my favorites. (laughs) The Brink Lemur is one of the most powerful de-escalation tools that has ever been produced. And that is one of the reasons that I went to Brink Drones. Um, There are a couple of reasons, they're all personal. They're all with the idea that, hey, when we start off talking about American manufacturers, I left Pix4D because I wanted to join an American startup that was gonna grow to be really big and had a ton of promise and something that I could leave a big impact on. And I know that I've helped out a lot of folks in the drone industry um, and and this is something that I really believe in. The Lemur is the, probably one of the most powerful de-escalation tools in the market because everything in it is strategically designed for a niche application. And that niche, niche application is for public safety professionals to clear houses in tactical operations. And I just bang the drone over. but. This is the Lemur, and the Lemur is a flying phone. It has a cell phone built into it, so basically you just give it a ring, you give it a call, and you can talk about it. It has night vision, it has RGB, it's a fixed gimbal so that you can design to see, like, 20 feet in front of you when you're clearing a structure, and it has no GPS. It's for confined space, so you can take it off whenever, wherever. No,
0: that's that's really, that's really awesome. In fact, we've seen a few confined space drones here at DroneU, and, you know, your drone... The Lemur was the first one to actually make it through the entire course on the first try. Uh, Most of the other confined space drones actually didn't even complete the course. Uh, You know, the Black Hornet 3 didn't make it. The Loki 2 didn't make it. The Loki 1 made it. um, But I would chalk that up to Pilot Skill, uh, Mr. Stephen Sharp. You are the man and yes, you uh, you do still hold the course record, but not for long.
1: Uh, that <laughs> <laughs> a couple more passes with the lemur, and we hope to break that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But Steve is
0: an awesome guy. He's a great pilot. Uh, he's an uh, he's an amazing pilot. Now that said, you know this confined space drone. It sounds kind of to me like you're saying this drone might not be just for public safety, but more so for law enforcement. You know, you're, you 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 kind of mentioned too, that. Of search and rescue. You mm-hmm. kind of mentioned though that it's a very specific type of search and rescue, mm-hmm. you know, searching, uh, collapsed buildings, etc.
1: So is this really like a, a law enforcement drone? Yeah, it's, it's a SWAT drone. It's a drone for tag teams. You know, this idiom, oh, it's just one tool in the toolbox that like every salesman says, well, the reality is that this is a tool in the toolbox. That's really only for what we designed it to do. And sure, there's other applications that you can utilize it for, but the reality is, this is designed for clearing structures. This is designed for going into a house and providing law enforcement officers for providing SWAT teams with an understanding what's in there so that they can make the safest decisions and you can keep officers safe, you can keep innocent bystanders safe and you can keep suspects safe and this is something like we've had a pretty crazy year with the way that our country has reacted to law enforcement and somebody that works with law enforcement on a daily basis um, and I never thought that would happen when I was a kid but it just organically did happen. I mean you and me, we've taught at the NTSB training academy together. You know, I taught photogrammetry and for collision reconstruction for a long time. And now I'm on a completely different, you know, wheelhouse, which is for TAC teams, for SWAT teams. And this tool's purpose-built for them. It's purpose-built to go into a house and clear that structure and be able to do it really well. I mean, it's got an analog video signal, so it can do pretty amazing signal penetration. We can get video back live streaming through multiple levels of concrete, which is really cool. Um, In addition, you know how some drones are designed to avoid things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't really care about that. Ours just kind of, you know, you pilot it, and if it hits something, okie-dokie, let it bounce off that
0: wall. No, I think that that's actually uh, really, really cool. But one of the other things that I think is cool about this drone is, like I said, we've had other confined space uh, drones here, and I don't think uh, based off of those competitors or other competitors in this space that claim to be public safety drones, some of them can't even fly at night. And this drone, well, it's not only searching confined space in the light. But it's also searching
1: in the dark. Is that right? Yeah, it has night vision. It has uh, infrared diodes in the front, two of them, that enable you to see very, very clearly in pitch dark environments. Um, actually, we're you're gonna cut in some of that video, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're gonna be able to see that. It's a pretty amazing drone. It's a pretty amazing, you know, piece of equipment. You know, it's a flying cell phone that can see at night, see in the day. It's got a fixed gimbal RGB camera that can, you know, like I said, live stream that information, and it. Yeah, I think it's really special. You know, everything in the core is. The you know all the electronics and the cellular board and the video and the command and control board are all in the center of the system. And Paul, pretty much everything outside of the center of that system is designed to be uh, fixed in the field. So let's say that you're you know you know going up a set of stairs and you don't do a great job and you bang off the wall and the drone comes all the way down crashing and you break a prop. Well, you can fix that in the field really really quickly. You can fix the prop guards in the field really quickly. It's got these standoffs, which are these metal bars around the exterior of the system that is basically, they're like little battering ramps. So you have a door that's a jar that's a little bit open. You can go and you can hit that structure and you can fly forward and you're going to get in the room if the door's open.
0: No, I, that, that's honestly incredible. I think it's nice that you have a platform here uh, and not just a toy. But, you know, some of the pushback that I've heard in law enforcement uh, and, in fact, uh, Chase, who is on your Brink team as well. He's also here with us today in one form or another. He brought up a really good point that, uh, you know, one of these the the rumors that we hear all the time is that some police officers don't want to put in the time to really, uh, you know, learn how to fly these things. And a lot of them will often say, you know, why don't we just go ahead and use the ground robot? So when it comes to this and a ground robot, I
1: mean, what, am I gonna use this or am I gonna use a ground robot? When that police officer was 16 years old, did they not take the time to learn how to drive a car? I, I, I hope everyone does. Yeah, exactly. I think that this conversation that, hey, it's too hard to use, Sure, there are systems that are designed for ease of use. And quite frankly, this thing's pretty easy to use. And we also require that you take training on the system when you get it. And that's because of one of the accessories, which we'll talk about later, but also because it's a different style of flying. A lot of guys in the you know out there that, that you train and that other schools train, they fly GPS systems. This is not a GPS system. This has a one-point LIDAR on the base for altitude hold. But other than that, you need to learn how to bounce it off a wall. You need to learn how to get it through a tight space and have the confidence to do that. And so we have a really awesome three-day training. Right now as the manufacturer, we do that. But of course, Paul, you do training. Other people do training. As we proliferate more drones into the community, other people are going to have to do training so that this can scale and that this can be utilized by – as many tactical teams as possible.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. In yeah. fact, I think our new props program, which we've we've talked about before, built for teams and managing different trainings for different pilots inside of teams, um, and also using scenario-based augmented reality training. I think we could definitely help you scale uh, that training up. But the more important point here is that, you know, if a law enforcement department has a helicopter, they don't just, you know, say, Hey, I'm good. You're uh, you know, you're a cadet. You've been here for a few years. You want to go fly the helicopter? no, 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 that doesn't happen. In fact, we need that same type of specialized training for helicopter pilots that we would need for drone pilots as well. Is that kind of what you're leading you're leading on to?
1: Yeah, of course. I think one thing that, I talk to law enforcement agents all the time, and the one thing that everybody agrees on is more training is always good. If you're going to introduce a new piece of technology or change a tactic because you have a new tool in that toolbox, you're going to train on how to use it. So you're going to train on how to fly the system. And in fact, the, the systems that we have have in the field with agencies that are using it on SWAT callouts actively today, those law enforcement pilots, they're flying a battery or two almost every day. That's what they tell me. They tell me that they love going in in the morning and plugging in a battery and hearing those two little noises that say that the drone's calibrated. And then they go ahead and they take off and they fly it around and they try to get it through spots that they couldn't get it through before. You know, I mean, that's an integral aspect of everything. I mean, even in business, we have to train constantly and think back constantly on what we're doing to do it better next time. And it's the same thing in teams and SWAT teams, especially SWAT teams train constantly. They're constantly doing hot washes after every call out to understand what went wrong. What can they do better? If that's the type of clientele that this is niche purpose built for. I don't see any reason that this will not proliferate and this will not be a standardized practice within every tactical team in the country in the coming years. Wow.
0: Well, I think that there is definitely, uh, you know, you make a lot of really good points. And one thing that I will say is, you know, you mentioned that a lot of drone schools teach people how to fly in GPS. Uh, y- you must not have come to Flight Mastery in a long time because uh, um, I you- <laughs> believe that I've
1: been one of your students and in fact may have helped you. But yeah, man, I know what you're saying. I know what you're getting at. We, of yeah, we,
0: we teach people how to really fly you know, attitude <laughs> You do mode, teach so. people how to
1: fly. That's but, why you do a lot of it.
0: No, for sure. But when it comes to this drone, you know, a lot of departments and a lot of people, myself included, Look, when we see a drone, sometimes we think that just because one drone can do certain features and can uh, do uh, certain flight maneuvers or smart moves or whatever, they might think that this drone is kind of like the end all be all. I mean, am I going to be utilizing this drone for Overwatch? Am I going to be utilizing this drone to take pretty photos to market the, the training of the SWAT department? I mean... Yes, it's great for confined space. Yes, it's got these very niche uses that it's very good at. But is this kind of one of the drones that's gonna take care of it all?
1: No. This is gonna take care of something that no other drone on the market has been able to address yet. And that's part of the one of the most important reasons that I left Pix4D and I made that personal choice to go and join a company. That was only a couple people when I joined and has been growing really, really rapidly and really well and building all these systems in-house, 100% vertically integrated into our Las Vegas facility is because this is a different drone. This is a different system. It's a new way of doing something. You know, earlier you talked about that tack robot, those tactical robots, the terrestrial robots. Mm-hmm. I was I had the the you know, I got a lot I felt a lot of respect by being invited to go on a call out. And so I went on a call out with a tactical team and I and I, and I sat there and I got to witness what they did and I got to see the, the tactical robot, the, the ground robot, go from its little box out of the box, you know, and drive up the driveway and go over the lawn to the front door and then get up there and open that front door and get into the house. Well, by the time that that robot had done that, our pilot had cleared the entirety of the second floor of that structure.
0: Wow, so, it, so it's just massive, massive force
1: multiplier in speed and efficiency. Of course, and that's something that all drones have done. I mean, that's one of the most beautiful things about this industry is we're providing these flying robots that genuinely innovate upon the most previous method of doing something. The, the increase in efficiency is, is tremendous. I mean, we know that from collision reconstruction. We know that from inspection of power lines. But when we're talking here in a SWAT call out, That's a really big deal because not only are SWAT callouts tremendously expensive and require very highly trained and really dedicated individuals, but also they can be really dangerous and really stressful. And so we want to provide a tool that's going to genuinely help society. That's why I'm pumped that I get to be the director of business development for Brink Drones and help – you know, bring this to market. And so
0: by genuinely helping society, you're saying that by this aircraft entering those dangerous situations prior to a physical police officer, uh, this could potentially inhibit disastrous, disastrous occurrences between police and people who are fearful of their lives. I mean, we all act uh, very irrationally when we're in fear of our lives. And Mm -hmm. so with this tool, we're now sending in this tool to identify what's really going on. And this could not only just help police, but also help perps. I mean, I I feel like our suspects. This is going to
1: help everybody. This is going to make everybody's life safer. This is going to make sure that regardless of what actor that person is in that moment meaning a police officer a suspect or an innocent bystander everybody should be able to go to bed that night and this is a drone and yes i know that's a powerful statement and i know i say it with a lot of vehemence but i with a tremendous amount of passion believe in that i mean this is an unbelievable aircraft that's been designed for that niche application and yes, it's going to save people's lives.
0: No, I think it's, it's I think it's very powerful. <laughs> well, no, I, mean, I think one of the biggest issues that people also miss too about public safety is, you know, the, the public perception of public safety is that they're out there to serve and protect the public. But I would argue that a lot of public safety departments, their main focus is not only to serve and protect the public, but to protect and serve the service members, well, right? To keep, to ensure that the people who are deployed yeah, still end up going home, you of know? Of course.
1: Whether it's fire or police. You know, I used to work on an ambulance. You know, my mother's a physician. The first rule of providing help is that you need to help yourself. Because if you're not in a safe position, if you're not in a comfortable position, how are you going to help anybody else out there? That's a fire point. Yeah, of
0: course. So this drone has a lot of features. We've talked about the confined space, the searching of uh, collapsed down buildings. We've talked about this is the only confined space drone that has two-way communications. I know you have this cool little treasure box over here with a bunch of accessories that kind of tack onto this. Mm-hmm. So what, what are those accessories and what is that uh, how does that expand right. the ability to work with this drone? Paul,
1: you're a YouTuber, you're a podcaster right now. I am feeling totally like an unboxing video. No, no, no. Please, like, save dum, dum, dum. Please save us. Please save us. No, ev- everything on this drone has been designed from real life situations and from the direct mouths of tactical operators and negotiators on how to, pr- you know, what their dreams are, right? I feel like Blake Resnick, our CEO and you know the guy who invented this drone, he really listened to that and he put that into fruition, which is another reason that I have a tremendous amount of hope for Brink Drones is that our company, the speed and velocity at which we work and the way that we actually listen is really impressive that's something that for me is really important, you know? For sure. So, we got this we got this accessory box that's in addition to the drone and everything in the box and everything on the drone has been designed for efficiency and a less lethal alternative to an existing tactic or existing method. So what do you got in this little so uh, uh, this Pandora's is. box? So this one I know you're going to comment on because you know way more about FAA regulations than I do, but this is our terrestrial robot mount. So the idea is that if you're flying in an airspace where you shouldn't be flying or there's, you know, b- basically that, right? You can just mount this really simple little, little uh, mount to the top of a terrestrial robot. The drone locks to it, and then you can go ahead and drive that robot under the roof line of the structure and then just... Just fly the drone off it and clear the property.
0: Which is an extremely important point, too, as we've been talking kind of and an poking the bear with the FAA, really talking about what is navigable airspace, because, look, the, our American cities are covered in controlled airspace. And this is a perfect example of how the FAA really needs to or Congress needs to redefine what is navigable airspace, because from the kids who want to learn how to fly in their backyards below the tree line to the racers who want to be able to fly below the trees and not uh, in Inhibit flight above that to police who might need to fly in controlled airspace, but don't have the time to call someone in Washington sitting behind their desk to say, "Oh, hello, Uh, oh, you need that uh, emergency coa to uh, to work." Oh, okay, Uh, we got right that. We'll do that. Yeah, Uh, and I don't think we have time for that, right? And I know there are a lot of there's
1: there's tech companies that are trying to make it easier through apps and whatnot. You know, you gotta give them respect out there. They also
0: steal all your data and then sell it to governments (laughs) to then enforce your inability to fly. So anyway. can't I am on talking that. about AirMap, just so we're clear.
1: Uh, so, uh, but, <laughs> How many years has Paul been talking about AirMap? <laughs> oh, yeah. They turned off their Facebook
0: comments because of me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, look, when you screw people over, it's what you get. So, look, at the, lo- at the end of the day, when it comes down to navigable airspace, here you are trying to de escalate a situation. And didn't you say that when you have the ability to communicate with a suspect, that you have now, what is it, a 90%? Chance. So the
1: FBI says that if you establish two-way communications with a suspect, mm-hmm. you're in the 90th plus percentile for ensuring a peaceful outcome. Uh, where that story comes from, well, that's a fact, right? Statistic. But the reason that we got this cell phone in here is because, and, and something that a lot of folks will, would love to hear is that this drone was all R&D'd and designed by Blake when he went on actual callouts, And he didn't just go on one or two, he went on quite a few of them. Right, upwards of the twenty plus callouts that he went on, and he learned something from every callout. And he is went, that where a yeah. lot of these accessories yeah. kind of got developed it's, out of? Exactly, everything on the system has been from listening to the operator, from listening to the negotiator, and and being there and visually observing what's happening, and being like, oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be cool. That's efficiency right there. And so, for example, like the payload dropper, many times in negotiation, um, they'll 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 provide food or they'll provide a bottle of water, or let's say this drone's being used in a hazmat for getting somebody that's, you know, under rump rubble, et cetera, and you want to just deliver them a bottle of water. Well, you can drop up to a pound with this payload dropper. So you just zip tie something, an object to it, you slip that zip tie through this pole that has a servo attached to it. It mounts natively to the base of the drone and then you fly it where you need to go and it's going to drop that thing off. Nice. And that that I think is super powerful. You know, something that I didn't know before, but I've learned from just listening. Right, is that a lot of times they'll drop off one cigarette and one lighter, um, and so that's just to enable the individual if they've asked for it through the fo- through the drone or through a, whatever means of communication to just relax, think about the moment that they're in, and and enable that person to allow for a peaceful outcome. Yeah. And I think that's tremendously important. And. I mean, I, I I want people to sense from my voice how much I really believe in this for being a for being a betterment to society.
0: Well, I mean, I think that, look, you, you know, you are a name in this industry and people do believe in you. I appreciate so when, that.
1: Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. So when
0: you put your name behind something, it, it definitely has to mean something. Um, but to switch track on you really fast, I have to say this next, next accessory that is in the box. I mean, this kind of. It kind of looks like a bunch of spark plugs from afar. Uh, but I've never I've never seen a double diode in this type of housing. And I love how that this is like an omnidirectional light. You know, like, I, like yeah. I said last time. It's a
1: light. It's a light that fits in the base of the drone. Let's light up a scene, you know? No, I think
0: it's really great. And I mean, if you remember a long time ago, we were flying those loom cube lights, you know, below our drone and everything. Yeah. I think they missed the boat looking at that thing, though, in all honesty about just.
1: Well, a lot of. You know, I remember early on in the industry, you'd go up there and you didn't really know all the applications that drones could be used for in public safety. And you said, oh, yeah, SWAT teams can use my drone. But it couldn't go indoors. It didn't have the signal penetration, which ours definitely does. It wasn't designed to fly indoors and kind of bounce off walls and go up staircases and et cetera. Well, I mean, man, we're post-pandemic here hopefully. We're, you know, in the in the 2021, the drone industry has been around for almost 10 years now. And it's only within the last couple months, couple years that in the market, we've seen products specific for that application.
0: Clearing houses. Yeah, no, that's a, that's yeah. a very, very, very important point. Now, one of the things you talked about in pre-show was imagine that you've got a burning building mm-hmm. and you need to ventilate that burning building Um, This particular drone has a
1: means of breaking glass. Is that right? Yes, it does. It's one of the accessories and it's something that whenever I show up at a demo or, you know, last week or actually this week, we were in Texas at the public safety, um, you know, the robot summit, and it was super awesome to have have a trade show and see all these people I've known for a long time and be introduced to departments that are starting drone programs. That was super exciting for me and just like super exciting to be back here on the podcast, right? But yeah, everybody shows up and they say, hey, doesn't your drone... Don't have a glass breaker, and I go. Yes, it does so many other things exceptionally well. But in addition, it has a <laughs> glass breaker. You know, and okay. So once again, this comes from a lesson in the field. Why a glass breaker? Well, one, if you're in a fire situation and you need to, you know, ventilate a a, a floor on a on a condo building or a commercial structure that's a couple couple floors up, you can go. And this is a. I love saying this. This is a tungsten carbide ninja star. So you take your cu- tungsten carbide ninja star and you fly to the window and you just give it a little kiss, a little tap on the top of that window. And that thing's going to shatter and break. And we single glass, uh, you know, single pane glass, not an issue. Tempered glass, not an issue. So hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: Yeah. Did they cut your ninja star to use that?
1: No, absolutely not. I only had one. This is for many. So <laughs> we've sold a bunch of the drones. I've sold a lot of these things. And why? Because the story is so powerful and the application is so powerful. But the tungsten carbide Ninja Star, it, uh, it's just a motor that spins on the front of it. Once again, it's a, it's a payload that natively fits into the belly of the drone. And um, when it comes to SWAT, you know? Okay, so let's think about – okay, let's talk about SWAT really quick for a moment. Okay. In a SWAT application – Today, the way they would get into a structure or a house is to explosively breach a window. That's an A-tactic. One, right? You also get window punches, et cetera. Here you can do that from a remote, from afar, and it's going to shatter the window and have the panes of glass that have the shards, uh, you know, fall down directly. So I think that's a little bit safer than what is out probably, there Probably, Probably
0: a lot safer than just throwing a hammer at the window and letting it go in the house. And well, yeah. yeah,
1: some teams have much smoother tactics than that. Absolutely. Oh. They're they're definitely trained folks out there, you know, But <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is really cool.
0: Well, one of the things that is really exciting uh, about this before we get to the very last feature is the fact that your batteries that you use. And Mm -hmm. it's very interesting because it becomes very clear that this is not a typical drone battery. I mean, you can even see the curvature in the cells here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you mentioned it in in pre-show, but you're saying that this is not a lithium polymer battery.
1: Yeah. But in fact, it's actually a lithium ion battery. Is that right? Yes, it is. I think we're one of the only drone companies. There's a couple other ones on the market that use lithium ion. Most folks use lithium polymer. The biggest advantage is, hey, Paul, how many DJI batteries or sorry, I shouldn't say DJI batteries, but any drone battery, DJI batteries, (laughs) how many many charge cycles do you get before that thing floats up and you have to recycle it?
0: 50 to 100, depending on
1: how much you use it. Yeah, exactly. This goes 500 charge cycles. Wow. And, And When you expose lipo to oxygen, what happens? Fire. This thing, no fire. That's a lot safer. How is there no fire, though? Because lithium, when it hits oxygen,
0: it ignites. That's Okay, well, it's a
1: lot less fire than a lipo. That's the biggest point. Okay. A lot less. A lot safer chemistry, a lot more charge cycles. It's a big deal. And, hey, really quickly, I know we have the last thing to talk about, but before that, can I ask you a question? Sure. How'd this thing do with your obstacle course? Uh, As I said in the very beginning of the show, it was the only uh,
0: drone of all the confined space drones, like the uh, Black Hornet 3. Loki 1 made it through again. That was because of Stephen Sharp. Loki 2 did not make it through. This one uh,
1: made it through and almost uh, almost hit the course record actually on time as well. I am so excited about that because I showed up and I had no idea how it was going to do, right? A lot of folks rely on Paul's course to see that, hey, it's a drone. It works. But anyway, thanks for saying that. No, I think the really the coolest thing yeah, though is that is there the are thing. a
0: lot of drones out there that have speakers on them. I mean, we have the Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual, we have the Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual Advance, but this drone actually has two-way communication. Is I mean, is that right?
1: Yeah, only drone in the world. To my knowledge, only drone in the world with two-way communication.
0: Much longer you guys are going to be on this podcast. <laughs> we will get your donuts soon. Don't you worry. <laughs> on that bombshell that is going to do it for us today Angad thank you for so much for coming on the show man so as always as you. always uh, you know as many of you know Angad's probably a like very very best friend in this industry but that is not why he is here today he's here today because Brink is not only selling these drones but they are producing these drones they are American made and most of if not all the supply chain I haven't had time to break this thing apart but most of the supply chain is here in the in the United States so So on good. I'm really excited for you. I'm really excited for Brink. I think that you guys are probably one of the best public safety solutions on there. And I hope that one day uh, we get to put
1: the training in props and really empower scalability in teams. So thanks again. We're a really new company. I appreciate you validating it like that right now. I want that. I want that to continue as we continue to grow and we continue to field these things. So absolutely, right? Two years. let's listen more than we talk.
0: For sure. Anyway, that's going to do it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for joining us. And we will see you next time.
1: We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.